This week, we're about to gorge ourselves on tons of food, so first let's get stuffed with new episodes of NXT and AEW Dynamite. Also, Ring of Honor continues to be awful, so there's no way around talking about that. But we'll try to keep it chill at the same time with that and more tonight on Heal Alternative. Comrades, one and all, it is Wednesday, November 27th, 2019, and welcome to Heal Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse podcast, where we cover AEW, NXT, and the wide world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. I'm your host, John Gareski Maxwell, heck of a show for you tonight. And before we get started, I did just want to say a, uh, a quick little thing here. Uh, you know, so uh, tomorrow is uh, Thanksgiving, and that's a cool thing, like... It's traditionally been a very special time for this website, and honestly, for me personally, because, you know, I've always been one to buy into the model and sentimentality of the season. So a day f- to feast with friends and family and take stock of all the good in your life is something that I find really profound, and I love to celebrate. And yeah, I know that sounds cheesy, but fuck it, man. That's that's what I got for you. So, you know, but the thing is, like... Before we get to indulge in this, which we're definitely going to do later, uh, I think it is important to acknowledge the privilege that it takes to be able to do so. You know, there are a ton of people out there for whom tomorrow is another day and they're going to have to work instead of being able to spend time with their loved ones because, you know, capitalism sure is great. And there's tons more people with toxic families for whom a day like today is not an option if they value their safety. And obviously, none of this compares to how, for many people, this day is a celebration of how our ancestors took the generosity of the indigenous population of this country during a rough harvest and repaid them with unspeakable crimes against humanity. Suffice it to say, Thanksgiving is a really complicated holiday that we all need to consider the implications of if we're going to keep celebrating it. But... Nonetheless, I think there's still value in the idea of using this day to, you know, give thanks for what we have and to the people in our lives who make it better. And, you know, I, I think I speak for everyone under the Pro Wrestling Not Cool banner when I say to everyone out there for whom Thanksgiving has too much baggage to be able to take that perspective, that we see you and we have your backs and you're all more than welcome here in our Dot Cool family. So, yeah, join us in the Plura Resu Posse because that's a cool thing. That we all have going on here. But that's enough of me being all sentimental and shit. Uh, let's get right on into it. I'm joined, as always, by Trace Evans. How's it going, you son of a bitch? And Oscar Bernard. Hey, how's it going, you son of a bitch? I can see you looking at your phone now. Yeah, you can, you could see me looking at my phone before. Just the people can see me looking at my phone. I look at my phone so I can look at the notes because you guys can play when I click all the time on my computer well look at you being all like technological and getting in the future now that we're on this live stream in the future oh that's so kind of you you son of a bitch you're really into this son of a bitch thing right now is this this something you want to talk about it's just an excuse for me to beat chewy chips ahoy on stream while doing an impression of kenny omega it's a good call. I do like Chewy Chips Ahoy. I really do too, damn it, you son of a bitch. They're really tasty. Anyway, 
let's let's move on into our first topic here because boy it is a doozy hey ring of honor sure sucks right Oh, God, I got a chew some toy out of my mouth now, because, yeah, this is actually legitimately awful. Yep, spit it out. We got to be serious here. As fun oh. as it is to want to talk about being forced to suck our own dicks on live television, like, <laughs> we got to get into some real shit. Yeah. Look, yeah, that's the do. intro that this Ring of Honor shit deserves. Mm-hmm. God, so, do. yeah, this has all gone really south. Thanks to one, um, you know, Joey Mercury out there. Joey Mercury, a wonderful, beautiful agent of chaos who yes. tried to save this company and was unsuccessful in his endeavors. So now he's going to just destroy it from the outside. He sure is. He's going to And God bless him for it because I'm here for it. it. Yeah, it, a lethal dose of actual facts and tweets and texts and everything, like. Yeah, this this a lethal dose of whoops! I have all the receipts. Mm -hmm. This is fucking insane! Holy shit! Mm -hmm. It really is. So it it started like with Newsweek last weekend. What? Nobody expected any of this hit Newsweek, and it has. Which that's really big. Like for it to get out in like mainstream like that. Like that's that's fucking impressive. Mm All this mainstream press for wrestling, and Vince isn't getting any of it. So, you know, maybe this is press that maybe Vince is happy not to get. But, you know, who can say? It's, Vince it's doesn't seem to give a shit Vince. either way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Newsweek article kind of rehashes a lot of what we heard about, like, Kelly Klein having a concussion, not really realizing she was severely concussed and then getting ordered to go to, I believe, South America, was it? Or South Africa? Or I don't know which one it was. But regardless, a continent away. And while still concussed, not safe to do. So, that's awkward. Sure is. Then, we start getting into stuff that isn't so much... Uh, you know, John, maybe I should take a step back and, like, I don't know if I missed anything too damning here, because the rest of the stuff here is more just, like, bad booking. Um, sorry, let me, let me pull up the notes here again. Yeah, no, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot like that, but I'm looking at, yeah, like, no, wait, it's, wait, it's, everything I've got listed here is just bad booking, and this is so much more than that. Yeah, sorry, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to do a little bit of editing here and there because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of trying to figure out what's going on with the stream here and why y'all's videos is frozen. Yeah, don't worry about that so much. Like, Doing I'm, this live show sure is cool, y'all. Yeah, it's totally fine. Um, you know what else is really cool? Ring yeah, I feel like a lot, a lot of this is definitely bad booking, but, like, it, it's, I do think that you'd have to take into consideration that some of this bad booking just really come down to like bad management and like not having, you know, good planning or good faith in your, in your talent to like, you know, really do things like say, for example, uh, you know, the, the stuff with, uh, with Taven winning the title at the G1 Supercard that we all knew was a fucking bad idea. I could tell you it right. was a terrible idea. Having like never seen any fucking Matt Taven before that match. Right, and the thing is, is like, you're at the biggest arena Ring of Honor really has ever had. And it's going to be the biggest card an independent circuit outside of, say, All In has ever had. 
and it's much because of All In. And you you have your chance to get the really good high spot um, there. And that would be the, uh, you know, give it to Marty Skrull. Everybody wants to see the villain finally get the title. And instead they give it to Matt Taven, who nobody knows because he's not on New Japan. He's not, you know, on being the elite. He's not in anything else. He's just and known he's for being very a very good. He's not very good. He's just known for being a douche and not a very to, good one on Ring of Honor. To play devil's advocate here. I wish you wouldn't. It's just specifically regarding the booking. Nothing to do with uh nothing to do with any of this other Ring of Honor stuff that I'm not going to be devil's advocating. But I mean, I can okay. understand it's like you know what, you have the biggest audience that you're going to have, and maybe they realize that it's like, oh, we can't keep doing this New Japan stuff, so we're going to take this opportunity to make a homegrown Ring of Honor star. That'd be great if that could work. And, and yeah, Matt Taven is definitely not the guy to be that. But uh... Yeah, and the problem is, is that as they learned, if they're not using New Japan talent, if they're not using being elite in the YouTube... Um, droves of people they've gotten there it just doesn't build into anything meaningful you're not going to get somebody over without having the ability to get them in front of faces like everybody could with Skrull you see him in best of super juniors you see him on being the elite you didn't see Taven anywhere even if they can't build him up organically like that how can you expect to get him over organically I think there's also the philosophy, though, that it's like, you know Marty Skrull is leaving. They they know AEW's a thing, and they know that, hey, he's going to go to this thing, so we're not going to make him a star for this other company. Yeah, congratulations. You just echoed the exact thing Todd St. Clair said that caused all this to get exacerbated. Yeah. yeah. To say nothing of the fact that, like, hey... Maybe you could try and entice him to stay by, like, giving him a good push and making him a star. Yeah, the the best way to keep somebody from jumping ship is kind of really to make sure that they have something in your league they can't get elsewhere. And in Ring of Honor, if it's basically Marty Skrull's Ring of Honor, he can't get that in All Elite Wrestling. He's not going to be Marty Skrull's All Elite Wrestling, no matter how much he wants it to be. That's a good point. So, I mean, not to be too cranky about that, but yeah, it's like the idea of, well, we have to bury this guy because if we give him the belt, he's just going to take him and run somewhere else. Well, congratulations. You built up a talent that is Ring of Honor, you know, built up. And people will at least remember that and look back at you. If you buried them, they'll be like, oh, yeah, Ring of Honor buried him. Now he's good again. Hell, look so. at all the goodwill Ring of Honor gets for building up guys like Kevin Steen, El, El Generico, CM Punk. Yep. Exactly. Arguably, that company is still going on on the goodwill of those stars they built up 20 years, 15 years ago? Sure is. It's It's kind of crazy just how long it's been that they've had those kind of talents, and yet... Every one of us can point to a bunch of them. You can pretty much 
wave a finger anywhere at some locker room in WWE or AEW, and you're going to catch a Ring of Honor alum. Yeah. So. And it, it feels I, like it feels like Ring of Honor kind of doesn't need to exist anymore now that now that it's getting to that point where it's like, hey, you can point to any locker room and it's probably got a PWG alum. Possibly. I think PWG is kind of weird in its own because it's basically just Bola these days. True. But to your point, to your point though, Trace, um, mm-hmm. I it definitely do feel like uh, a lot of the complaints, aside from the Ke- the the Kelly Klein stuff, were you know a lot more like saying that their complaints about booking. I feel like is maybe too simplistic, but it is safe mm-hmm. to say I feel like that they're more about how like the management really didn't listen to like any criticism or like any critique or like take any of their employees like you know ideas into consideration see for example the stuff with Enzo and Cass yeah now this I'm a little conflicted here and I might need your help on making sure I'm on the straight and narrow here but Joey Mercury has a lot of detailed text about how to plan the end zone cast spot. He makes sure that this stays super secretive. And at no point, and, and maybe this kind of just solves itself here, and I'm not overthinking this. At no point do any of the three people or so know about this happening, all executives or agents. No, nowhere does any of them think, hey, you know what? Nobody in the ring that they're going to invade knows that this is going to happen. And Enzo and Cass are already known for invading events legitimately and making a ruckus of them. What makes us think that this is going to feel any different to the wrestlers that they know this is going to be a planned spot and to go along with it? Or rather, two jackasses who got fired by the WWE for conduct, or if you listen to them, maybe lack thereof conduct and they just fired him for bad reasons, but... That's neither here nor there, and I'm not going to entertain that. Bad reasons. But if you're a wrestler who just finished a tag match, and a good one at that, and you got these two jackanoffs jumping in the barricade and throwing punches at you, are you really going to say, oh, this is gimmick, let's just roll with it? Or are you going to say, these sons of bitches are trying to steal our thunder of what we just threw down? And completely ruin the spot. Not only that, tell cameras not to focus on it, Tell people to play it down as if it's an actual incident and somehow think this is good gimmickry? This whole attitude of working the boys like this old... Like, this probably goes back to what, like, Eric Bischoff with WCW or before that even, but I associate but the, it largely with I was thinking about... Mm-hmm. I, oh, no, my point is, it was terrible then, it's terrible now, mm-hmm. and I don't know why people keep thinking, we gotta work the boys. I, I totally agree, and I think the only time where those kind of works were good was when it was like somebody who wasn't getting into any sort of conflict with somebody in the ring, but just showing up, say, Lex Luger showing up to Nitro. That was surprising. He didn't interfere in a way that actually cost anybody the match or anything, just after a match shows up, that's interesting. And he also Somebody... came for legitimately from the backstage, meaning, oh, this isn't Lex Luger jumping the barricade. This is, you know, a, a guy that we've signed. Right, exactly. So, I don't know. Part of me, I guess the thing I'm really conflicted about here is, like, 
Joey Mercury sounds like he's complicit in this and not actually complaining about it, which to me, it's like, come on, Joey, you should know this is a bad idea. Why, why isn't anybody raising a red flag here and saying, wait a minute, the boys aren't going to like this one? Because we know exactly what happened after this. Tamatonga uh, basically said, if you want me to work at all with Ring of Honor and your tag title said, I just won, um, he's not part of this company. And blackballed Enzo out of Ring of Honor to the point where you know, they basically ghosted on him. I mean, Hell, if I, they I think had it... just told the guy, if they just told the guys, it's like, we're going to do this spot afterwards. They could have still played it off as if it was this legit thing and done the angle and worked the crowd that way. Just fucking yeah. tell the gorillas of destiny. Yeah. Look, tell... I, I just think it's, it's a little too much to get bogged down in, in, you know, how complicit Joey Mercury was in this. Like, definitely. Yeah. Like he should have raised some red flags. I definitely agree with you there. But like at the end of the day, like, Joey Mercury is just following orders. It's the mm-hmm. people who made this decision to bring in Enzo and Cass and to book him this way are the people that are actually responsible for this. And yeah, Joey definitely could have done more to like say some things about this and not just like after the fact be like, yeah, of course the boys had a problem with this. But like the problem here is definitely, I think, like the core of the issue is that like – Again, it's like you said, Trace, it's about this idea that we need to work the voice to really be a surprise here. It's the idea that, like, we need, we can't trust our talent to be able to keep a secret, or we can't trust our talent to ever really be able to get the reaction right. So we need to, like, you know, fool them. We need to make them believe it's real as, just like everybody else does. Like, it's, again, it's just a huge fucking mistrust of your talent and a huge just, like, not taking them seriously, not giving them, like, any respect whatsoever, which I think, you know, also gets shown in, let's say, their treatment of fucking flip complaining about how they're booking, like, these huge venues that nobody's showing up to. Right, absolutely. Like, there's a text from Joy Mercury getting flip texting him saying, I'm looking at the ticket map and we're barely selling this giant arena. What the fuck are we doing? And one of the execs, I don't know if it's Koff or Gilliland, um, for Ring of Honor basically saying, well, then. I think it was Fli- Gilliland. Yeah, Flip should then work on being a better draw then, which is the most bullshit answer you could give in that regard. Like, he's doing everything he can in the ring. It basically, and I, I'm saying this as someone who watches him. He's goddamn good. You got to work on getting him over. Yeah, and like to treat your your talent with that much contempt and basically tell them, oh, it's your fault that like you're not getting over. It's fucking shameful. It is absolutely shameful. And also, just a quick credit, it was uh, Oscar saying work the boys angle on the last topic, but oh, still, well, it's like then what Oscar said. Yeah, I, I just want to make sure. Like, I don't want to take credit away from him, but. It's, it's it's the same thing. It's like there's – we've seen it consistently with how they treat their talent on travel, on injuries, on pay, on everything. They just have shown they have no respect or one might say honor for how they're treating their current talent. And it's Hell, abysmal. The whole thing about Flip not being able to draw, like I don't follow much Ring of Honor, but I did watch All In, and yeah, he was a surprise, but like, I remember him getting one of the best reactions at All In. And it's like, 
that's your audience mm-hmm. that would probably keep watching Ring of Honor if you gave them a show to watch. Yeah, and and to their credit, Flip was also very well featured on being the elite at that point because he kept trying to get booked at All In. Yep. He kept showing off his talent, and they kept refusing to build up this heat that he wasn't going to be on the show, and suddenly he appears, there's a huge pop, because the people running the YouTube of being the elite somehow seem to know storytelling better than the people at Ring of Honor who don't use any of this or don't bounce off any of this to do their own shit. I mean, in fairness, I feel like sometimes the people that are running Being the Elite understand storytelling better than, uh, let's just say, for example, the people doing storytelling on Dynamite. Yeah, you know, you're not you know, wrong. Really, and... the, those Being the Elite guys, though, they're such good storytellers. I would watch a wrestling promotion that they founded. Huh, funny you should ask. mention that. So, yeah, all this shit sucks, but none of it sucks quite Mm -hmm. as much as the fact that let's, you know, let's just throw it out there. They're fucking not renewing Kelly Klein's uh, contract specifically because, you know, she stood up for Joey Mercury and went public with all this stuff and like immediately highlighted that. And when asked about it publicly, they basically said their response was, well, we have the right to do whatever we want with talent contract. So, yeah, to their point that you just made their trace, no honor for or no respect for the talent. Fuck this fucking company. Like, I can't wait to watch them fucking die this year, which hopefully happens. I bet they won't. But like, I still would be surprised to see them really make it to 2022. I will reiterate my current thought on Ring of Honor, which is I think they survive to as long as they can before St. Clair Broadcasting takes a look at their budget and says, why are we paying for this thing? And at that point, they're dead. And it doesn't happen a moment sooner. Anyway, if you like talking about dying wrestling companies, check out the mothership over on Mondays at this very channel, twitch.tv slash pro wrestling. Listen to Heel Turn, where we talk about Raw and SmackDown, two shows that are definitely retaining viewership. I don't know what you're talking about, John. They get lots of money. But let's talk about a show that also lost some viewership to NXT last week, but, you know, still maintaining really good numbers. It's AEW. It's still a good show, although this one was really uneven in a weird way that I kind of like, but, like, weird. I this didn't really watch like this episode, another, so you're gonna have to tell me about like it. Like another uh, transition episode, but like mm-hmm. again, it's definitely setting up some stuff that could probably be a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think how I can process this. I feel like it was both a holiday episode where they knew that. People weren't really going to be paying attention necessarily and focusing on their family. Well, at the same time, yeah, they got to get some new storylines rolling for whatever lies ahead. And at that point, there was a lot of weird transitional stuff. Although the opening segment was not that. It was just good, good comedy with Jericho. Jericho, you could make a really solid point that this is made, or a solid case that 2019 is maybe Jericho's best year ever. I Quite possibly would yeah. have a hard time. Yeah, I couldn't agree, disagree with you there. I think it. I think it totally could be his best year. He has certainly made a hellacious comeback, and I think once again AEW shows they can sell fucking anything because Jericho takes a little bit of that merch freak magic, and he's selling fucking bubbly. 
he crashed a website selling champagne, or I'm sorry, bubbly. It's to, sparkling wine. It's it's brewed in Washington. Yeah, it, it's it's. You can't I technically mean, call it champagne, but yeah, we don't it's, respect it's the laws in this bubbly. country, so we can call it champagne. Oh my god, the French people will come after us. I tried. Really they can try. Hard. We're just gonna say fuck off, like we always do. I tried really <laughs> hard to buy some of this, and they only shipped to the U.S. Yeah, you did. Um, that was you were like trying to buy it the entire episode. Yeah, I Again, spent have. The, just have them send it to me, coward. I will probably wind up doing that if that's cool with you. I'm getting fucked. We'll talk off air. I won't ask you for your address on the air. Yeah, so there's there's a bunch Tell of me, that what being could possibly sold go wrong? It's not like we've had a history on uh, ProWrestling.CoolPodcast of people saying their address live on the air. Um, yes, this has never been a problem before. Uh, but yeah, it I mean, was... it wasn't really a problem the one time it happened. I don't live there, so I thought it was funny. <laughs> what I what I will say is that the the bubbly that they're selling is like surprisingly reasonably priced. It's forty six dollars for two bottles. Oh, I bet it's that's really so... good. I that's kind of overpriced for me, but I'm a cheap ass when it comes to my bubbly, so. It's cheaper than so because it's this is done through uh, Stephen Amell's company. Huh? Weird. Weird. He's showing up again. Yeah, like what's Stephen Amell doing in the in the elite zone? But it's just like it's it's like yeah, this is a good use of Stephen Amell, and like I was just looking at some of the other stuff. This looks like just a vanity thing. Like Zachary Levi has wine that he sells on there. <laughs> Sure, okay. Yeah, uh, Zachary Levi, you know, that guy who's still very relevant. Zachary Levi's wine, by the way, is $60 for two bottles. People, we gotta talk about your money. Chris Jericho's wine is, like, the cheapest one on the site. They know who they're marketing to. People who are not gonna pay that much for the bubbly. I'm just saying. Uh, if you buy so. three bottles, it's sixty nine dollars. Nice. God damn it. Um, nice. Uh, but yeah, so I'm trying very hard to get some because, like, man, that seems cool. It does, and this is kind of a fun segment overall. It just had a stand up of Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho hugging. It had Chris Jericho's actual dad, who was it had his fucking dad hidden under a fucking present. Come on! He hid his dad hidden under a giant box present. Wearing also, PMP gave him a gift basket. Yeah, a PMP gave him a gift basket, and Santana cut a great promo that actually got the crowd popping with their uh, Puerto Rico um, roots and all that. There's an inflatable clown. Jericho had his dad in a Rangers jersey in Chicago, home of the Blackhawks, and had him I'm cut a promo on how the big, Blackhawks I'm suck. I'm guessing this is a big, uh, a big rivalry in hockey. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's original six rivalry. I think. I think Rangers are original six. I know the Blackhawks are, but regardless, it's a long-term feud, and uh, you know, um, Chicago is very passionate about their team. As a lifelong New Yorker, this is the only time that I will ever feel positive about the Rangers all year. 
if not, not wrong. for the next few years. And I really appreciate Chris Jericho for giving me this gift. Yeah, Thank actually, you, Jericho. Likewise, because, yeah, the wings aren't going to get anywhere or into the playoffs anytime soon. And fuck the Blackhawks. <laughs> go, go so, yeah. Go. Fuck you, CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fight Rollins, you coward. Wait, no, don't. <laughs> no, no, don't, no, no. Rollins, get off Twitter immediately. Um, um, you're you're forgetting all to wrestlers mention, get off Twitter. You're forgetting to mention the best gift from uh, what's from Jake Hager. Oh, that's right, um, <laughs> Chris Jericho. It's pretty that good. goat yeah. did Chris. not want to be there, and I feel like I feel like I feel kind of bad that they kept trying to get him out there, and it's like. This goat, just get this goat off. Yeah, that goat was uh, making like Pharaoh off through some fireworks trying to get the hell out of that scene. And then, but, and then yeah, go I, I just, fire a pyro person, even though you were the one that brought the dog out. Yeah, exactly. But I, I also like the fact that they showed the hashtag of the name of the goat before they actually introduced the goat, so you knew it was coming. <laughs> so, pretty good shit there. Also, um, fucking Soul Train Jones was doing the, the fucking MCing. Yes, the man formerly known as Virgil Wrestling Superstar, now Soul Train Jones, uh, actually introduced all of this, which is pretty goddamn incredible. And I mean, he was originally all... Soul Train Jones, so he's just going back to the classic shit. AEW bringing so... back all your old favorites. I'm I'm so happy for this. Like he needs to your old favorites that you didn't stuff. know actually existed. I I also knew true. I knew it was Soul Train Jones. I, I didn't, admittedly. But well, aren't you special, Oscar? I, I watched a video about the career of Virgil. Mm, gotcha. So now it ends that's with some fuck money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus, it ends with SCU running in as band members and attacking them all. That kind of felt flat for all of it, but. Yeah, it was kind of awkward. I didn't think that that part was great. No, they didn't time that out well, and Justin Roberts got the shit kicked out of him, and so he wasn't there the rest of the night. Um, Poor Justin Roberts. Yeah, that was kind of sad, but we got Dasha Gonzalez instead, and she's actually a pretty good ring announcer. Not as good as Justin, but she'll do. Um, And and, and there were no... and, And all the replacement announcers tonight were good. Oh, you didn't... Why did you have to bring this oh, up? Oh, boy. Oscar, I tried very hard not to oh, bring fuck. this up. can't believe you've done this. I can't believe you've done this. Oh, fuck. Um, oh, fuck. Look, so, this, this just brings me to my point of fucking... JR was the worst he has been. Oh, yeah, he was. He was shit awful tonight. So He sure was. Some... Some highlights from JR include a segment sponsored a segment sponsored by State Farm that he mentioned Allstate a bunch during. That Look, he was just confused about the Allstate arena, alright? <sighs> why why would you why would you bring this up? Also, why would you bring that kid out there when he clearly is uncomfortable <laughs> talking about anything wrestling? The point where the one time he tries to get a line in, he barely mutters it out, and Excalibur has to reintroduce him 15 seconds after he's been introduced. Who the fuck like, was this that, guy? It was just some fan. No, what? I thought this... I, From what I understood, 
this segment was sponsored by State Farm, and he's like a State Farm employee, because they introduced him as being from the All Elite Farm. The All Elite Fleet is what they call their fan base. Oh. Yeah. He's just a fan that State Farm did a promo to get him in a commentary spot. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to anybody? No. This was a a big no-no. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, thank God he didn't, like, say anything, like, stupid or ridiculous, and he was just, like, kind of quiet. But, like, yeah, every time they went to him, it was very clear, like, I don't want to be here. Please don't talk to me. I, I feel like the one time he tried to put a line out there, he it was just like when they went to break afterwards, you could probably, if you had the ability to hear him at that point, you'd probably hear Excalibur saying, shut your mouth, shut your fucking mouth and don't say another word. You know, things like that. I will end your whole generation. Yeah. And, and then, then JR will barbecue your ribs. And then JR also called Trent Beretta Taven. Ah, why? Why? And that's not even getting into the worst thing he did. Oh, we'll get. We'll get to the worst thing Jr. said. Just, just hurt me, Oscar. Do it now. He called Amy Sakura Oriental. (sighs) Why would you say these fucking things, you old man? I Jr. I did not like not even he... barely a week after fucking Cornette did that shit, and he corrected himself quickly. In fairness, but that's not Very good. Quickly corrected himself, but also didn't apologize for it. No, he didn't. Hey, and then later you know what? On, that still let's... puts it better than Cornette. Yeah, that is true. It's Sadly. you know low low ceiling there. Also, can I just call it? I don't know if you've this written down, Oscar, but I'll call it as well. He keeps calling Excalibur pronoun boy. What? What? Have you not noticed this? No. No. He he keeps referring to every time he feels like he's saying something politically incorrect, he'll refer to Excalibur as pronoun boy. Because I apparently Excalibur's been telling the pronouns of people, or telling them that you know this is the pronouns you want to use for this person. God like fucking damn it, Jim Ross. Yeah. Can it just be Tony? Can it just be Excalibur? Can it just Jim, be... Jim, why you gotta be I don't this know. way? How the fucking... fuck... How the fuck is, Jay, is fucking Jerry Lawler the more competent commentator from that duo these days? Because Jerry Lawler didn't get as jaded about that shit. He just got creepy and perverted. And uh, that still flies in wrestling. Also, Jr. Don't forget. What I he mean, said about he's Edwards. also talking about how Ric Flair's dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Also, his comment just in the main event of like Aubrey Edwards doesn't let her gender be an issue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like. You know, how hard do you think she had to work for that shit? I'll give you a hint. Very fucking hard. Can someone just go into the internet archives and and find JR's Cindy, why did you change the locks post? So we can just be done with this already? I, I, I don't know how you get rid of JR. 
until you convince Cody he's a bad idea. Yeah, true. The last just, good contribution JR made to wrestling was the My Ass Rap. Damn. I hate that you've brought this up. Why the fuck did you do this? I Am I this. wrong? I kind I of? Put the chewy ch- I put the Chewy Chip toy out of reach and I'm regretting it now. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Uh, so, I'm going with kind of. I do appreciate, though, when uh, when JR went on his rant about WKRP in Cincinnati, I did laugh when Excalibur said, are we trying to get the over 50 demographic now? That was really good. That was, that was, that was a good funny. moment that <laughs> uh, good Excalibur on, on point as always. Also, solid, solid dig at the ratings. Indeed. That said, that match that that came from, uh, Best Friends and Lucha Brothers. So, Trent keeps winning matches single-handedly. And to me, this is weird, but my question to both of you is, do you care? No. Well, I mean, I like Trent, but... eh. It's like, why are we trying to make him a singles competitor again? I thought we established this doesn't work. I mean, he's good, but he's a better tag team person at this point. Let's... Keep them there, damn it! Someone, but if if they're gonna make one of them, if they're gonna make one of them a singles, like I think that Trent's probably the right one, like because yeah. I definitely don't care about sexy Chuck T. Oh, like, I, I like he's him, but... fun, but yeah, like I don't, I've never cared about him as a singles person. Someone, I like him when he's scaring someone kids. Backstage, just watched a yeah, bunch of. Yeah, I like it when he's a swamp monster. Yeah, that too. So but, yeah, I, I get if you're going to do it with with one of them, probably Trent's the right one because, you know, again, don't really like Chuck and T, and I think it's too early for Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know. I would also, though, fucking do something with Orange Cassidy. Like, Orange Cassidy, like, don't get me wrong, I like Orange Cassidy, but he's be starting to become the thing of, like, Hey, if you don't have all this built-in knowledge of indie wrestling, this shit makes no sense. Like, they've kind of been building to Pac versus Orange Cassidy, and I feel like they should just do it. I think they're going to do something that eventually build them into that. And I think I think they got to do the slowest burn on that because we only know him for being completely useless in AEW. And once you prove that he's not useless, you can never undo that lock. True. So, I think they need to tread cautiously, but at the same time, yeah, they're going to have to do that for his future at some point. Yeah, like, you can't keep doing this with Orange Cassidy forever. As much as I would love to just have him be hiding in bathrooms every week. Oh, yeah. I mean, he needs to watch somebody pee every week. <laughs> so, the piss monitor of this week is... That's Orange Cassidy's pee of the week. <laughs> Orange Cassidy's pee of the week. God damn. So, um, we were I, talking I, about this women's match though before we got sidetracked with uh, Jr. being the dirt fucking worst. We were, and this isn't awkward. Once again, the women's division is awkward to me, but I will say that Hikaru Shida continues to show that she is the shining light in this division. That said. 
I don't think anybody's told Emi Sakura that she's supposed to be heel. Because she sure isn't showing it well enough. I don't understand Emi Sakura, to be honest. I don't know if she knows how to be a heel to an American audience. I don't... I mean... I don't... I'm not enjoying Amy Sakura. She just doesn't get how to get over here. It's like, yeah, if you're a heel in Japan, you can do funny stuff. You can do stuff that gets crowd interaction, and they will clap, and they will applaud you. Because you're not cheating. They only boo you when you cheat. And... That is not the case in America. We know that. They don't like it when you oppose the people they like. That makes you heal. When you're a douche, that makes you heal. And when you oppose somebody they like, like, say, Hikaru Shida, or, you know... Um, theoretically, Riho. Yeah, theoretically, Riho. Or, you know, I mean, Chris Statlander, I think, is starting to get over a little bit. Even if nobody really knows who she is just yet. I, I feel like... Yeah, don't don't oppose Hikaru Shida and then expect everybody to stomp and clap with you for We Will Rock You's beat. Like, come on, don't don't keep doing that. Stop it. Like, yeah. do arrogant stuff. Do somebody needs to take her inside and say, "Look, we know you have a lot of experience, but this is really your first time in America." And if you're gonna do that stuff, like at least like play to the audience and do it like you're doing it to annoy them. That you're doing it to piss them off. Right, and she's not doing that either, which would be perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I hate—I hate to say it—she needs like a thirty-minute consult with MJF and a translator. That'd be good. She, she does that, and she'll, she will be perfect at that point if she lasts much longer. Just have her wear a Burberry Freddie Mercury mustache. I hate this already. I'm—I regret even bringing this up now. I despise. Let's um, move on. So, let's get to the other really weird bit of tonight that I'm still confused about. Uh, Cody Rhodes is back. Yay, Cody! Um, he's still got a scar over his eyebrow because the dumb shit gigged himself too hard. Yay, dumb shit gigging! Yeah. Um, I think the scar looks it. good. Uh, you know, I don't know if I agree with there, but, you know, you agree to disagree there. It's going to at least be more characteristic than usual forehead scars, so I'll give it that. Good or um, not, he, beat it. he went for it. He sure did. And he really went for it this week, beating up on a jobber. Um, local talent. He won. And then he started to call it MJF and folks, and, um... As it turns out, this whole segment was done in Red Dead Online. Because out from under the ring, on a trapdoor we have never seen before, emerged two of the biggest hooligan cosplayers in Red Dead I've ever seen. What? And I'm to be told that they are known as the Knife and the Butcher. But, I don't know. Like that, of, Those are weird online handles to have, but I one guess... One of them is Andy sure. Williams from Every Time I Die. He's the one that had the monocle. And that's kind of fucking cool. Yeah, sure. I still have no idea who it is. They're they're what like the a, fuck was this? They're like a metalcore band. No, I get so, yeah, that, but I, why was this segment? I don't understand this. Yeah, I, I'm confused as well. It's like has her weird sex friends, maybe. 
I don't even know if they're sex friends or what they are. But, like, why is she going You're... after Cody and not Brandy? So, I have a theory here. Okay. I'm hearing it. PCO and Flip aren't coming over. And so, the Butcher, the Blade, the Bunny, and the Villain sure would make sense as a stable. It sure would. Huh. It sure would, but it's still as weird as hell to me. I think that would be a good Villain Enterprises in Elite Wrestling that you can't call Villain Enterprises, but it probably is going to be Villain Enterprises. Does ROH own Villain Villain Enterprises? Actually, I don't think they do. I think actually Marty might own it because he's selling merch for it on his own. Whoop whoop! Like this, this feels like this feels like something that's like, yeah, we don't have Marty coming over quite yet, but this way, we will have something for him to do when he's here. And beyond that, it's like, yeah, these. I'm so confused. Like these three, this is a weird way to introduce him, having beat up him, Cody, and. With, like, no reason whatsoever other than maybe the villain's coming soon, but... Well, you have I mean, to tune in to Dynamite next week when they explain why they did it. If they do. I, I mean, can't wait to hear like... from the Butcher, the Baker, and the Candlestick Maker. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Now I'm not going to get that out of my head. Uh, it, it's what just, else happened, it, It's guys? very strange to me. Yeah, we, we got to move on from that. I'm just still confused, and... Then we move on from that, I believe, next on. I'm going to just check my notes real quick here. Oh, God, yeah, we went right from that into Pac versus Omega 2. Sure. And, folks, Pac versus Omega 2, despite not being on a pay-per-view, still better than the original. This is a good fucking match. Really good fucking match. Like, I wish they had had this the first time because I would have been way more interested in that match if they had gone all out. From the get-go. Like, seriously, this is... This was an incredible match. Kenny Omega was like... He looked like he was going crazy at the beginning. Like, maybe he's got that wild edge of eating Chewy Chips Hoy and then flipping out on somebody. But, good damn match overall. And one with a way more believable roll-up than Riho's ever done. Hooray! I, that's all I've got. Like, it's a good match. It's a solid match. And I have hope still that Pac can get a good match out of people. Same with Kenny Omega. They're, they're both good wrestlers. We're reminded of that here. And Goddamn right. we're also reminded that MJF is your traditional heel, and he's a piece of shit. Sure is. Um, I don't know if I but really think that's not what you that. wrote in the note here. I sure didn't, because... Uh, the, the reality is, is that Bryce Remsburg, this entire night, was really fucking up his ref spots. You know, and I'm not saying refereeing is easy. Refereeing is not easy. You have Definitely to turn your back easy. at just the right moments to make it believable that you're not paying attention to certain spots. Uh, you have to make sure that you're watching the shoulders and actually doing proper counts to make sure people are kicking out at the right time and not just stopping your count mid-count or, you know, hitting the mat for three and saying it's a two-count. Things like that. Bryce Remsburg was fucking it up left and right. And he really looked like a piece of shit here in this match. So, 
what happened? Because I, I have not, I have not seen this episode for the most part. It's more like he was just getting in the way, waiting for his distraction to happen, and it was so blatant and awful. And beyond that, just again, being out of position on one count. I think that was in the women's match. Uh, with the best friends and Lucha Brothers match being in position too early and basically getting to a three count once again and saying it's two or stopping oh, the count right before hitting three and doing that shit again. If you remember a few weeks back, basically acting I like do. somebody lifted a shoulder up when they hadn't. The pack he and just stopped match. his count. Yep, he just stopped his count midway through and forced Pack to go into a submission hold rather than finish on a black arrow. Um. And, yeah, here he just completely... You could tell he was trying to get himself out of position so Wardlow could get a shot in on Hangman Page. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. Fuck. It's MJF. Of course it's going to happen. Don't make it look so goddamn obvious, Bryce. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. So, that happened. DDP came down to reward MJF the ring. I guess the ring might not actually be that major a thing. It looks tiny as hell. We'll see. Uh, DDP started shit with MJF, and... He's just... It's gonna be like the, the Lord of the Ring was in, in WCW. He'll just walk around yep. with it for a while and be like, I have a ring! And then someone will steal the ring, and then everybody mm-hmm. will forget about it. Yep, that's, that's really fine. what I feel like it's gonna happen. It's, it's fine. It's it's definitely too small to be a mid-card title. Um, that's a tiny-ass ring. Um, he'll he'll cash for that. in for a bigger ring that he wears around his waist... There you go. They call those waist rings. So, tell me more about tonight's match for the big-ass waist ring. The big-ass waist ring was between Scorpio Sky and Chris Jericho. This match started so slow and dry that I thought the crowd was going to just die on them right then and there. And then Scorpio Scorpio Sky, Sky, he already has a waist ring. Mm -hmm, He sure does. he can have two waist rings now? He can have two waist rings. I don't know how he can fit them both around his waist. There's no room Whoa. there. It's magic. He might have to use a shoulder for his waist ring. Qu- question, are SCU freebirding the titles? No, no. They have actually specifically said they're going to not do the SCU rule like they said they were going to. Um, Christopher Daniels is not going to defend those titles. He's just going to cheerlead, which is, I think is another way of saying... I'm still pretty injured, but I'm going to cheerlead at least. Remember when he but, was the fallen angel and then they didn't do anything with that afterwards in AEW? Uh, especially. Uh, yeah, I mean, he has also hasn't had a match since coming back. True. Yeah. He's just fucked the he, Pentagon in the Battle Royal. Yeah, I think he's still kind of injured, so I'm just going to assume that's the case, and they're just I mean, trying to he was to supposed that. to be out for, like, eight weeks, and he came back in, like, what, four? Uh, yeah, four at at least. I think it was, it might have been three, actually, at most, I should say. But, yeah, no, this this match, for a few minutes, I sincerely believed Scorpio Sky could have won the title. And, yeah. And then he eventually tapped to a line tamer. He tapped really fucking fast, that line taper. Yeah, he did. it was like, it was a bad burial of him because he, they didn't do any struggle for the ropes to get pulled back or anything. He just tapped. Didn't even get hit with the Judas effect or anything. He actually reversed the Judas effect in what was actually a really goddamn good spot. I don't think this so. was 
necessarily a complete burial of Scorpio Sky, though. I don't think it's a complete burial, but I think it's going to take him out of the title picture. And also, I I do appreciate... I also, I I do want to say that I, I appreciate that, like, between this and the Cody match and other things, they are, like... They're really building up the Lion Tamer again as, like, a deadly fucking move that you need to watch out for. Like, as a fucking Jericho, Mm -hmm. Mark, like, I will say, that really speaks to me. Yeah, no. I mean, it is a legit finisher again. It's not something he just straps on and you crawl to the ropes. He's finished two people now with it, basically. That's good. That's very good shit. So Actually, a third, too, right? Uh, might be a third, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking the last two matches have both been very distinctly on hard oh, yeah. tamers. Cody way more so than this, but still. Um, I don't think thought. that Scorpio Sky, though, necessarily was ever really in the title picture, considering he's a tag guy who kind of got a fluke pin over the champion. And I appreciate that they at least ran with the story of like, oh, well, he did pin the champion, so we are we do have to give him a title shot. Well, it's partly also because he's been the reason SCU even got the tag belts to begin with. Him alone filling in for Christopher Daniels, who was supposed to be the guy running with the title. And then, legitimately, he had to jump in at the last minute and uh, help out with the unfortunate sudden incident. <laughs> and yeah, and I, I understand where Oscar's coming from, definitely, of feeling like, you know, well, you know, they, it's not like they really buried him. He's still got these tag titles and all this stuff. But, like, I definitely yeah. see where Trace is coming from of, like, you know, it honestly felt like between, you know, everything that's been going on, like, maybe they're actually really building up Scorpio Sky as, like, a single star. And, like, not to say that, like, this is really going to, you know, pull the plug on it completely. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree with what Trace is saying of, like, it does feel like, you know, between the the not the limited offense that he got, I mean, not exactly limited, but, like, the limited fighting out of the finisher that, like, it definitely feels yeah. like, oh, not really. They're they're not going to really move yeah. on him just yet. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll eventually tease it out, road, but, but he's not yet. To... Yeah, they'll have to build that back up, but really the, the real deal is here that they're teasing that Jericho and Mox are going to go at it real soon. Because Mox showed up in the crowd and then just kind of pointed at Jericho, and that was that. This also did feel kind of like they had to have something for Jericho to do for the next few weeks because they can't just hotshot him to Moxley yet. Yeah, true. But I also don't know where that goes yet. And I'm I'm still interested because, like, Moxley has not stated specifically that he wants the title. But then again, Jericho is going to try and do everything he can to keep Moxley out of going for him. So I think basically... The entire inner circle is going to die first. So the reason I was asking everyone's going to die. Were, the reason I was asking if they were freebirding the titles is because mm-hmm. I could see once Christopher Daniels is healthy, maybe he gets to have a little program with Jericho, and they do a kind of thing where SCU has all the belts. They could. I I don't necessarily see that happening here. I think. This is basically a definitive, we don't think we're going to go down that road. And for all I know, SCU themselves might have said, hey, look, we're meant to be coaches here. So let's just push ourselves aside. Let the stars be stars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah, that so. was uh, that was Dynamite. Yes, it was. And I've talked way too long about that. Sorry about that. It's all good. I mean, 
hey, that's, that was this week's show. We talked about this week's show, and it was a show that happened. It was. John, did any other shows happen this week? Why, yeah, a bunch of shows happened this week. In fact, too many fucking shows. And you could go listen to them on our fucking, uh, on our Patreon over at Patreon.cool for Would just there be five. Any that we might care about? I mean, for just $5, you can hear Owen and I review the two shows that happened last weekend. That's Survivor Series from Sunday and a little show from Saturday called NXT TakeOver War Games. War Games? The cat was very adamant about it. Yes, the cat was extremely adamant. I love that cat. It's a, it's a good cat. It's a sweet cat, a and, cat. and a good cat. Okay, did y'all get to watch War Games? No. No. I don't have access to that stuff, so... I forgot all right, it was on. Well, all right, well, cool. War Games happened. If you want our full thoughts on this, uh, yeah, uh, subscribe for $5 over at uh, our Patreon at patreon.cool, and you can hear Owen and I do a full in-depth review of it. Uh, it's it's a show, all right. I I enjoyed I, it. I did I watch the other still enjoyed it days later on the weekend. What? I did watch the other NXT show they had on the weekend. What's that, Oscar? The one... It's Survivor Series. This is... This is a... That, that's We're a not going to talk show. about that one. That, that's it's, a show that it's, happened... It's a half-bad-place show. It's, it's it, a bad-place like, show. No, no. It's two-thirds bad-place. I'm getting the Chewy Chip toy back. Uh, Oscar, what do you have to say about Survivor John. Series? I sorry, I didn't hear what you said. I said, Oscar, what do you have to say about Survivor Series? It was, it was fine. Is, is he hearing me? Because I oh god, did we? Lose I don't him? think he is hearing you. That we're asking him to give thoughts, and we're giving an opportunity to say his thoughts, and he's not using it. I I, I, I said. I said muttered beneath my breath, probably too quiet for my mic to pick up. Yeah, it was fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, fine. sorry. That 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 was me talking yes. beneath my breath. Yes. yes. Thank you, Base Tai Chi. Thank you, Base Tai Chi. But, sorry, but John. Is you were there, saying, is there another Is there another NXT show that we might care about? Um, I I really want to jump in here actually and ask one question about horror games. Yeah. So, the women's match. Uh-huh. Um, there was um, a certain spot in it where, let's say, uh, Tegan Knox got murdered by Dakota Kai. Yeah, uh, Tegan Knox is dead. She's very and dead. Tegan Knox is dead. And Dakota Kai also murdered uh, Mia Yim to do this. Um, allegedly. Allegedly. Probably. But, so, this was a two-on-four matchup for the women. Yeah. Did it seem believable that what happened happened in that the team of two actually won? Uh, I mean, look, I bought that ending, certainly. Fucking riptide into the chairs while you're handcuffed to Shayna Baszler and then neater in the fucking head a bunch of times. Like, I bought that ending. I will say that the two baby faces fighting off four heels, like, yeah, okay, but also uh, a little unbelievable. Okay, fair. I just, not the worst. To me, not the I, worst thing they've done, but like, yeah, it, it strained it a little bit. I'd say. 
Okay, fair. I just, that was, my first time I read about that, I was like, wait a minute, they really didn't put any replacements in or anything? It was really just, you're going to have a two-on-one kind of ratio, and the one's going to win? Yep. So, okay. That's all I had to ask on that. Not the most unbelievable, not the most believable. Also, I guess it's fair to say, like, is Adam Cole dead now completely? No. Adam Cole was on here a bunch on tonight's NXT and also on Survivor Series. Oh, my God. He's actually alive. Okay. Damn. Okay. First of all, before. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I thought he was double dead. Like, his soul left his body after being the elite where he was killed by, you know, a good monster energy drink. And I figured this was just putting the body in its place. Look, Cole's been dead on the inside forever. So, you know. Oh, we know that. Yeah. He's just going to keep going and going and going. It's fine. And they'll show Britt Baker on the television, maybe accidentally, but probably not. And, you know, it's good. Yeah, just like that. Just like that. Just like that. Anyway, uh, yeah. Hey, guess what happened on NXT this week? What happened? Not Moro Ronaldo. Yeah, fuck you, Corey so, Graves. That's all I got to say. Yeah, that. we haven't had a chance to talk about it on this show. Uh, we talked about it on the mothership uh, this week, so go check out uh, this week's heel turn if you want like some more in depth stuff about that. Corey put out an apology. Uh, was it today or yesterday? Uh, it was today, and it was not an apology. No, nope, not an apology at all. So this is the only thing I want to say on this, really distinctly, is. If your response to something like this is, I'm sorry if it offended you, that is not an apology. That is victim blaming. Yep. Man, fuck It's not Graves. taking any ownership whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If you're going to, if you're going to do something like that, think about what you did and say, I'm, I'm sorry for this. Take ownership. I'm sorry. I said mean things about Moro Ronaldo. I should have thought about his condition at the time. It was a poorly thought out plan for me to try and bring some feuds into Survivor Series. And clearly, I was not of sound mind when I did it. I sincerely apologize tomorrow, and I will do my best not to make the mis- these mistakes in the future. That's an apology. Hey, man, so, yeah. he's just trying to create controversy. Yeah, but you also have to admit you fucked up when you apologize. And he did. So, yeah. He said, you know... Sorry, go on. No, go on. I was just going to say, like, and he, he basically ended this whole not apology with this saying, I'm a good man and I don't offend people. But you fucking did. You can't say I don't offend people when the whole reason you're having to give out this not apology in the first place is because you fucking offended people. Goddamn right. Shamrock and like punch Corey Graves in the face. That'd be cool. I, I'd be down for it. And, like, again, the problem here is not that you offended someone. The problem is that, like, you offended someone mm-hmm. and you won't take any fucking ownership for it whatsoever. If you want to apologize, right. if you want to say, like, hey, I fucked up here. If you want to, like, try and move on from it and be better about it, then okay. But, of course, clearly, you're a, a dumb piece of shit and you won't. So, fuck you, Corey Graves. And fuck yeah. that and fuck the fact that, like, you fucked up Morrow so much that he, you know, chose for whatever reason not to be on this week's NXT. And because of that, we're not going to really cover NXT this week. We'll instead use this opportunity to play one more game of It's NXT Do You Care? 
the game in which we, I, I would, am going to tell you what happened on NXT and ask if you care. If you do, then we'll talk about it. If you don't, then we won't really. Are y'all ready? Okay. Hell yeah. Look, as Oscar alluded to before, Survivor Series happened and NXT won, and it's a celebration, y'all. But do you care? God, no. no. The entire locker room, basically, and also the that YouTube rapper that sang in Adam Cole that one time, uh, <laughs> they all came out and celebrated. It was stupid. I didn't understand Love to it. party with the YouTubers. But you know who else didn't understand it? Who? The Undisputed Era, because they came out where they're like, what the fuck is this? This is dumb. We're the reason that we won at Survivor Series. Fuck all of you. And then I they mean, got into a fight yeah. with Team Ciampa, except now instead of Kevin Owens, it's Matt Riddle, and we're just not going to acknowledge Kevin Owens again. Ah, oh, that's a shame. I mean, that sure was weird. Sure, mm-hmm. why the fuck not? <sighs> yeah, you know, when I think about Kevin Owens, it's like I can't tell him apart from Rant Riddle except one of them says bro and smokes weed compulsively. And the other and the other one the other one's a surfer dude that used to be an MMA fighter. Yeah, that too. But this was all a lead-in to Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic versus Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. Do you care? No. no, but we knew this was going to happen eventually. Like, of course, the two rivals that have fought like ten times in the last ten weeks are going to team up now and be a thing. This match was good, but it was also weird because, like, okay, first of all, I thought they had announced it as uh, O'Reilly and Fish versus Lee and Dijakovic, so then it was Strong, and that was strange. But what made it even strong, stranger was that Strong was wearing fucking street clothes. He just did the Scorpio Sky thing. So... Fish is dead again? I don't know. But, yeah. Uh, Strong was wearing jeans and sneakers, and you could see his fucking, like, fuchsia Calvin Klein underwear sticking out of his jeans. I mean, that just sounds like Roderick Strong yeah, to the douchey douchey like... T. Yeah. This was strange, and I didn't understand why they were having the heel team do this at a weird disadvantage. Yeah, me neither. But then the heel team persevered and won. Of course they did. did. Guys. Yeah. Mansoor was allowed to leave Saudi Arabia. What? Hell yeah. But do you care? Hell yeah. I Look, I'm interested how he got out of there alive. As am I, but I mean, I think we all know how he got out of there alive, which is he is, since he is Saudi Arabian, he is allowed to leave so that he can be part of the charm offensive to make us like Saudi Arabia. Because if we like him, then clearly we like this country. In fact, oh God, in fact, Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman would not let the plane leave until they put Mansoor on it. Oh, my God. He's the the Mansoor-Turian candidate. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. He had a match against Shane Thorne. Oh, great. We're just going to bury Shane Thorne some more. I, I like I like Shane Thorne's cool 60s Titan Tron. That's, that's all. I, I like so, Shane Thorne. I just... I like we, Shane Thorne, too. The Mighty are dead. 
yeah, the mighty are dead, and they're not going to put Jonah Rock with him or whatever his fucking name is now, Bronson Reed, I guess. So like, yeah, the guy who was the fill-in for the mighty don't kneel in Australia, who would have been great to actually keep it going. I guess we're not doing that now. We're just going to let the whole thing die. Meanwhile, his partner, who went back to Australia, is having a pretty good time with Jeff Cobb. Weird how that works out. Yeah. Hmm. Mansour won. Okay, that figures. Sure. Y'all, they followed up on the big thing that happened on Sunday. What? We got Dakota Kai versus Candice LeRae. But do you care? Uh, this no. is not the one I wanted, so no. They, they had a fine match. It was okay. I, Dakota Kai's new entrance is pretty okay. She's, is it like Hotline Miami except she screams a lot? No, it's just kind of punkish, and she wears makeup now, I guess. Okay, cool. I'm glad Ruby Riot's back then. Yeah, she's got wavy hair now. I don't know. Uh, yep, yeah. once again, good, good to see you back, Ruby Riot. She carries around Tegan Knox's knee brace. That sounds like a totally Ruby Riot thing to do. The match ended in DQ because she beat Candice LeRae a bunch with the knee brace. Oh, um, so she's to that, that sounds cool. Rhea came out and made the save. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, this is this is either a Tommaso Ciampa or a Kevin Nash thing to do, so I'm down with it either way. The Cruiserweight Championship. Do you care? No. It, it's still alive? No. They had fucking... They had fucking Leo Rush fight Akira Tozawa again. I like Akira Tozawa. Why is he champion? I like Leo Rush. Like. He was champion at one point. Mm, yeah, he was there like a day. It was like a, a month. No, he God, was that really have, like, a month? A one day reign. I don't remember. Yeah, it was, it was beat, real bad. Like, he beat Neville and then Neville beat him on the next two or five. Yeah, he beat Neville and then Neville beat him back to him. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, the point here is. Hey, remember the match that Leo Rush had at Survivor Series? Mm-hmm. Yep. It was him versus Kalisto versus Tozawa. So now he's just fighting Tozawa again on fucking NXT, but it's a goddamn singles match. How is that different? Well, um, Kalisto's not in it. Uh, Tozawa had to invoke his rematch clause, and so, wait, what? Yeah, this match was good. Like... Hey, Tozawa's really good, and, you know, I I don't really like Leo Rush, but I can concede that he's talented. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, what? Why? Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, Leo Rush won. They're not doing anything with him, I guess. And maybe they're building him, maybe they're building up to, for him to fight Angel Garza again. I don't know why. I, I think they're just going to pin on killing the 205 division on him and then future endeavor him sure okay that sounds like a, a triple h move it sure does his hey, Lee's here do you care yes. yes so first of all i do have an update for you uh okay. about the thing that we talked about the last time she was on here yeah uh things i have read is that apparently her breaking Aliyah's nose was kayfabe okay so wow that's interesting i didn't know you could kayfabe break a nose that apparently, like the uh, the rags that they, you know, the the towels that they brought in were were pre blood soaked. Oh, and damn! They just covered it up. That's that's actually kind of cool. 
yeah, that that's what I heard. Maybe it's maybe it's wrong, but like it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they did. So yeah, because apparently the talk is that like Aaliyah had just like a surgery that was already planned. So oh, okay, they, gotcha. they wrote her off to take time off. All the same, she still uh you know, Zylee had a match against uh Vanessa Bourne, Aaliyah's tag team partner, for mm-hmm. a revenge for the nose breaking. Okay. This match was absolutely nothing. That sounds like Zylee to me. Awesome. Zia Lee just like beat the shit out of her and then uh Shayna and her dumb friends came out and then Zia Lee got the pin Whoa. while like staring down Shayna and her dumb friends and never mind that Did shit she... here comes Shayna do you care no oh shit no actually I don't well too bad cuz Shayna beat the fuck out of Zia Lee and embarrassed her well now I'm now I'm just sad I want to see. Cut a pro- yeah, go on. And cut a promo about how fuck all of you. I've held the belt for over a year in the second run. You all suck. I mean, yeah. Welcome to the entire storyline we've been dealing with. Is like, when are you going to get that main roster push? Apparently, never because no, the, you we see, don't want to do they, another Oscar. See, they just made NXT main roster. Yeah, no, that's totally how that works. The crowd chanted Rhea at her very loudly, and she got really mad. This is actually, like, this is the first time in a while that I've seen, like, the NXT crowd, like, really fuck with a heel and get, like, really loud and start, like, drowning them out. It was really nice to see it again. Yeah, I would like to see them actually, you know, get into a freaking, get into a title feud for once. You know, one that they actually believe that maybe there will be a change. Well, hey, you're in luck because Rhea came out and was like, fuck you, I'm going to kill you. Nice. I, I I really wish it was said exactly like that. That would have been great for her. Yeah, instead this, it was, congratulations on what you did at Survivor Series, but also I fucking beat the hell out of you at, at War Games. So you're done. Uh, there we go. Fuck you, I'm going to kill you, you're done. Quote Rhea Ripley. And finally, in the main event, Tomasa Ciampa versus Finn Balor for some reason. This is all built up in the that opening segment, but okay. whatever. Yeah. Do you care? I wish no. I did. I wish I did too, but I like both of them. I don't care for any feuds with them. I really don't. This match was good, but like, for one, it definitely kind of felt like they weren't going too crazy because they, you know... They knew there was going to be some bullshit at the end, so why bother? Yeah. And also, like, you know, like, yeah, kind of like to what you said, I, it doesn't really feel like they have a re- real clear direction for either of these characters. I mean, they do with Ciampa. Like, Ciampa wants the belt. He's done with War Games. Now he's going after Cole. But, like, they kind of fuck with that tonight because, well, uh, Balor won. Yeah, great. So he didn't win clean. Cole got involved. Also, Cole got involved during the the O'Reilly Strong match too. By the way. Okay, so we're just going to mess with any possible feuds going forward by just interfering. Okay, great, perfect, perfect. Like, and then yeah, so Cole win- gets involved, helps Balor win. Uh, Balor beats Champa with the nineteen eighteen. Uh, although he did fucking. It's whatever, man. Uh, he did try to cheat by taking uh, Cole's NXT title and fucking beating uh, Strong or beating Champa with it, and instead also like dr- fucking drop Champa 
on his neck onto the title, which was fucking cool. Jeez. Okay. Ciampa kicked out at two. Uh, it's it's back to that kind of wrestling again where everybody kicks out at two on everything. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, Oscar. I fucking hate. And AEW's guilty of this, too. How oh, very. Everybody, how everybody kicks out of finishers all the time. And, man, that Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match maybe ruined wrestling. I don't know if it ruined wrestling, but I feel like too much is like trying to give that main event feel to every match where you can kick out at two for stuff where... It should be a surge of, like, a very important match that makes you do that. Anyway, uh, Cole helps Balor win, uh, tries to celebrate with Balor, and then Balor does the Pele kick to Cole just like he did to uh, to Johnny Wrestling. So, fuck the Cole. Yep. That sounds about right to me. Balor doesn't like you. He's the, the super heel. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I feel like all they've really done is accomplish that they're building up to like a triple threat between these three, which I don't really know is the best use for Ciampa and fucking Balor right now. This sounds like what they're doing with Finn Balor is making him like a new day or not a new day, but a new era Tyson kid. Yeah. And I'm not sure I like that. Like that worked for Tyson kid because he had no personality to start with. Finn Balor used to do really cool stuff and now he doesn't. So so wait, Finn Balor is going to become Natty's husband? Yeah, I, I hate to spoil you, but Finn Balor really likes her cats. Wait, NXT is getting a cuck angle now? <laughs> it's a McMahon promotion. What do you expect? I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just asking the questions here. I really serious want to questions. See an NXT cuck angle. Well, tune in for the hour and 45-minute promotion of two of our hottest wrestlers making out with one another. I mean, I mean, really, though, an NXT cock angle would have to just involve the various members of the Undisputed Era. They're all just cucking each other. No, it's the so Undisputed Era, cool. like, fully buy in to the Eric Bischoff DDP rule. They are swingers, and it is all consensual. <laughs> We're all having a good time. I was waiting for the wrong strunk uh, Bobby Fish makeout session. And you've disappointed me. It's just every me. day, baby. You disappoint me, Ramsey. It's just every day. That's always happening. All the time. Why don't I have a fade of it on my... I, put it on goddamn YouTube. Stream this shit. Ah. Yep, God, that's it for shit. NXT. It was a show. We'll, we'll, make, mm-hmm. we'll probably actually cover it next week. Hopefully, Hopefully they'll stop doing, doing dumb shit and, and Morrow will come back and we can support it. I would like to see Morrow come back. He is a great commentator. I don't care what people say. He is the Gus Johnson of professional wrestling, which is to say extremely good and fuck your opinions on him if he says stuff you don't like. He is, and I quote, a very good boy. An extremely good boy, I agree. The best boy. The bestest. Maybe Other than our good commie back. son. But there will be more racist shit that we have to talk about. Oscar, you shut your fucking mouth. You shut yeah, it right now. Look, Oscar, there's always going to be racist shit to talk about in this business. Don't fucking yeah. will it on us. Why? Is, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say. Why is wrestling bad? Because it came from Carney stuff. And let's 
just say that when you're touring the road and not having to adhere to the standards of one society, you tend to get real edgy. Why can't the Edge fucking Lord. racist shit happen on the bad place? It does. Um, it just yeah, it it's, also happens here too. Yeah, that's exactly it. But before we go, though, I do just want to lean into a little bit of the fact that, yeah, wrestling actually is good when, you know, good wrestling happens. And that, like, I enjoy it. And I enjoy doing this. And I enjoy getting to be here with you. And I enjoy this holiday that is all about giving thanks that we have tomorrow. So I just wanted to bring back uh, for a little bit here before we go uh, a former uh, heel turn tradition of we're just going to go around and get, and say things that we're thankful for in wrestling. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds, sounds great good. to me. All right. And yeah, I'm going to start by saying that uh, one of the things, and yeah, we're, we're just going to go in a circle here and until we get bored. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I want to say that one thing that I'm definitely thankful for is that, you know, look, for as much as NXT has definitely had problems with their storytelling and like had problems with how they're booking things since like... Since the going live happened and since the AEW happened, like, I will say that for as much as, you know, for as disappointed as as I've become with NXT, for as much as it is just kind of becoming wrestling for wrestling's sake, I am very thankful for the fact that, like, the lowest quality of wrestling that we're seeing on these Wednesday shows that we talk about is, like, better than some of the red, than, like, most of the wrestling that I've seen in, like, the past five years of doing the show, like even for as, you know, as limited as like some of my enjoyment of NXT has been lately. And as much as I feel like I've been way more down in it than I have been, uh, in the past, like this is still, I have never enjoyed watching wrestling more than doing this podcast with y'all and fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am incredibly thankful for that. But trace, what are you thankful for? So, I'm going to just get it all out here in one fell swoop. I'm thankful when we started this year, I thought we were going to get into a wrestling organization that had no fucking clue what they were doing, and we are going to see a bunch of talent go straight down the drain and absolutely scupper a bunch of opportunities and see basically the decimation of independent wrestling as it stands. Instead, what we've gotten is... A bunch of incredible independent talent has now found a new home that otherwise they would have been overlooked for. They've been able to basically rise up in any year where New Japan has admittedly not had much talent of their own to foster. It's led to being able to see brand new, fascinating wrestling and realize that just my own roots around here in the Pacific Northwest, there's been independent wrestling I've been ignoring. And I'm thankful that AEW is not only amazing in giving me something that I can look forward to finally uh, once a week for the first time in probably like four or five years, but it also made me finally realize I need to start going to my independent shows. And I have. I've started going to Defy. I'm going to go to Defy this uh, Saturday, in fact, uh, for a show. Um, Jimmy Havoc's going to be there. It's going to be amazing. And yeah. I've been going to 3 to one Battle as well, which is basically the home of Aubrey Edwards. And a bunch of weird stuff that goes on there. It's like a slightly more sanitized hood slam, by which I mean less crack pipes. And it's... I'm just very thankful that I've been able to have this kind of awakening of 
wrestling that is well outside the perspective of a McMahon or a Levesque, and yet it's still entertaining as hell and doesn't feel the least bit exploitive. Fuck yeah. Right. Yeah. Oscar, what are you thankful for? Um, a lot of this is echoing the same thing Trace is saying. Um, I grew very disillusioned with WWE over the last couple of years. And other than like being that guy that basically tuned in for WrestleMania, I kind of stopped watching wrestling. And I'm very thankful that, um, I'm very thankful for AEW being the kick in the ass I needed to be like, wait, no, wrestling fucking rules. And I'm very thankful I was able to go to Double or Nothing and have that experience. And, like, that is genuinely once in a lifetime. And the the fact that the show delivered is incredible. I'm... And I'm very thankful to be doing this show with you guys. Like, it's Aww. it's a running joke, but I've wanted to be do I've wanted to be on heel turn for so long and Owen banned me. And I'm really thankful that this opportunity presented itself for me to just shoot the shit about wrestling with two of my closest friends. Hell yeah. I would get the chew chips hoy over and start eating them yelling, you son of a bitch at you, but honestly, my stomach can't take any more of them. <laughs> you got any other ones, Oscar? Um, I'm also, I'm thankful for WWE for treating John Moxley like shit so that he can have the run of his life. Hell yeah. And get down with that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Trace got all his out there. Oscar seems like he's got all of his out there. So I guess we won't do another couple rounds here. But so I will say a two, like couple more to finish me out here. I am like yeah, I said, you finish I'm yours very, out. I'm very thankful for AEW existing because again, yeah, like having this Wednesday shit. Like yeah, NXT has been really fun, but having just like something that actually just feels really different, that just feels really new and weird, and like also puts into perspective that yeah, like NXT for as much as it is like different from the main roster in a lot of ways it's still very much a wwe show and others and so to have something that's like actually feels different but like has its own competency and it's not i'm not having to just like paper over the flaws with it like say an mlw a capital a power like that's really cool and really great and even when like they get it wrong and they've gotten it wrong a bunch of times on AEW so far like I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I want to see where it goes. It's like, it feels like fucking 2013 when I just discovered NXT on Hulu again. And, like, that's so fucking exciting. And I think, you know, more importantly than all of those is I am definitely, you know, for one, definitely thankful for both of y'all and the opportunity to do this cool-ass show with you two. Like, fucking, here's episode nine, and let's just keep fucking keeping this train going, because fuck yeah. Shit yeah. And uh, I'm also incredibly thankful for Owen. Because you know what? Like, we love you, dude. We wouldn't be here without you. And, like, you know, as... Look, as much as I fucking... As much as I hate that shit on Monday, 
as much as I don't want to do that show anymore because it means I have to keep watching Raw and SmackDown and those shows actually cause me like mental anguish. Like, and as much as we joke all the time here that, oh, and you can just stop. You don't have to do this. You know what? As someone that has played something like 40 hours of Sonic the Hedgehog 2006, I get it, you know? Sometimes when when you're watching something you love die in the most spectacular failure imaginable, like... You become the Sin Eater. You just, you have to break it down. In the same way that I got all the gold medals for all the Sonic shit in that game, you need to see every single facet of it to truly understand, like, the disease that has killed this thing that you love because you have a fucking sickness. And you know what? Game recognized game. I understand it, Owen, and I love you for it. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep reaching for that rainbow. Please find someone else to do the show with. John, are you saying you need a 90-day restraining order for Broad Smackdown? (laughs) Well, what I'm saying is, uh, hey, if you're going to watch or listen to Heel Turn next week, uh, I'm not on it. I'll be back in two episodes, but yeah, I I, got plans. Pick me, Owen! Owen, pick me. Uh, this is like when mankind kept asking, kept asking Stone Cold to pick him as his partner, and I'll just show up on heel turn as dude love. So I will just say, do not pick me, Owen. I will not talk about it. I will be even more silent than John ever will be. I will completely deadpan everything. I will make those awkward moments even more awkward to make the impressions even the worse. So I'll burn, I'll burn your fucking podcast to the ground again like I did last time. He'll do it. <laughs> He's not wrong. Oscar, if Owen wants to get in touch with you so that you can burn his <laughs> podcast to the ground, where can he find you? Uh, Twitter.com. Twitter at Osag the Great, Instagram at Osag the Great, uh, twitch.tv slash Osag the Great. If you look up Osag the Great on any social media site, you've probably got me. Trace, if Owen somehow wants to burn his podcast to the ground by bringing you on to be even more. Whatever. Fuck that, Fuck that yeah, shit. No. I don't know. It'd be like, hey, Trace, where can we follow you? <laughs> you, got a, you got a Twitter? <laughs> Hey, hey, Trace. And if they, I, yeah, I got a Twitter. What if, what I'm, I'm what at if I work for? What, what if? What if I have a, an energy problem in in fuck New Jersey? Power. And I, and I want hey, to contact hey. you. Hey, hey, New Jersey. Fuck your power. I don't give a shit. Get your own damn heat bills and sorts. I don't care. But you can follow me at PSCG. And by the way, I read a thing on Twitter. Even if I abandon that Twitter name, they can never have it now because you can't have Twitter names under five characters anymore. So, hey Trace. Yeah. I heard you also have a Twitch channel. I do. It's twitch.tv. What's that? It, it, it's, a, it's a streaming site that we, we stream on sometimes. Um, do you know what it, the what the username is? The, the username on it is. <laughs> damn it. God damn it, John. Um, <laughs> the fact that we're seeing Owen not happy with this in chat is helping a lot. Um, I wanted to it's, say that it, we were giving Owen too much shit during the thanks segment and that we shouldn't do this to be nice to Owen for one week and 
then we fucking burn everything to the ground. I was gonna burn it to the ground anyways, you know this. We're going um, out tonight. Peace. We're gonna keep it in the right. Yes, we are. God damn it, Nickelback. Uh Peace Egg. P E A C E E G G. That's on twitch.tv, mixer.com. I might even stream on Thanksgiving Day because I ain't going to see my family. That costs money and time I don't have. And uh, you know, shit, I got I got some games I gotta, you know, play at some point. Trace is all about Fortnite. burning it down. He is the Seth Rollins of this podcast. I eagerly oh, wait your geez, CM Punk My feud. social media is not that bad, actually. His is really bad. Holy shit. Can we talk about how Hooray! fucked up it is? The Seth Rollins started the burn it down stuff, but wasn't on Raw when they had burn it to the ground as their theme song. Yeah, that's Thanks, I hate it. I've been your host, yeah. John Gavrikski Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Twitch at video underscore shames. I feel like I'm going to try and do some more stuff there now that I have my cool new TV and stuff. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am John GM. You can. Hey, I, I got a bunch of cool shit for ba- Black Friday and I got it on sale. So I didn't spend as much money as I thought I would. So that's really cool. Nice. But if you want to make sure that I have even more money, well, you can go to Patreon.cool for just $5 a month. You can get uh, exclusive podcasts like but, us reviewing pay-per-views and uh, other fun things. But, John, that, I don't yeah. think – I See, if they donate money on Patreon, that means I get some of that money. And I don't like myself. What if I only want you to get money? Venmo and I am John. Pay the man. Pay the man. Pay the man. Venmo at I am John. Do it, you cowards. Do it already. Why aren't you paying him money? Do it. Just just do it. Come on. What's wrong with you? Yeah, just do it. Yeah. John, has anybody sent you money on Venmo that heard it on this podcast? Don't don't talk about no. that. Of course, he's gotten dozens, dozens. No, in fact, everybody, everybody's first. Do it, you coward! <laughs> why, why would you blow yourself up like you that? Please love me, John. John, John if they had... Fabe, you've gotten hundreds of donations, and every one of them means so much to you. That's why you need more. If they had Venmo in Canada, I would send you money on Venmo just to say I did. <laughs> It's not an effective use of money. <laughs> well, neither Patreon, is money in general. Venmo. They're not effective uses of money. Either of them. Ever. But pay us anyways. Hey, if it wasn't for Patreon... You know I what else isn't an effective show. use of money? What's that? All the URLs that presumably Owen will buy <laughs> if you spend us more ma- money on the Patreon. <laughs> Venmo and I am John. The only way around it. So I'm gonna have to, I'm be gonna sure to, to follow us on our the, new from the recording. That's too mean. <laughs> I was gonna say like you can follow us on our new URL. That's uh, Aubrey Edwards with a t-shirt can dot on. That's, that's God's Tai Chi. Can I help you? Dot com. <laughs> For all the Abe Mijos out there, please please follow and donate. Please like and subscribe. Can I get prayers up for Miho Abe? F's for me, Ohabe. 
been episode nine of Heel Alternative, <laughs> Pro Wrestling Cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover the world of plur professional wrestling. Thank you so much, Trace and Oscar, for joining me this week. I have been your host, John Gerecki Maxwell. We will see you all next week. Have a happy and wonderful Thanksgiving. And until then, welcome back now, you hear. Podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 